Welcome to the show. It is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Thanks for joining me today. I have um, a great show. I First of all, we're going to talk to Tyler David about him leaving, going off to Finland. We talk a long time, um, and I just really, I just wanted to get everything out of him that I could, and I'm sure I missed some things, but um, obviously we're going to miss Tyler, and we talk about everything, including a a few things that I missed earlier throughout the two seasons, So, um, and a couple great questions from Claude Carricker, which I appreciate you giving me those, buddy. Um, So listen for that. That's first, and then next is um, Aiden Stanley and Jack... Mayor, not Mar, Mayor, uh, joined me to talk about preseason and the youth summit that they went down to with the national team. And so I talked to them down in Melbourne, and I have like five more interviews or maybe more, um, including, you know, I got to talk to Kalistri, Walfall, um, Hilton, um, a few more players I'm probably missing right now. But also, of course, I got to talk to uh, Poulis and I talked to Jeremy as well. So the next episode, I think I'm going to throw in uh, Poulis and Jeremy, and then I'll, I'll kind of splash the other interviews throughout the season. Um, but look for the, the interview with Jeremy and Poulis next week most likely, if not um, shortly. Yeah, probably next Monday. And so that was the other thing I wanted to mention is we have a really busy weekend. And um, that means we have a game Saturday afternoon. We have a game Sunday at 11. And then we have a game, um, or not a game, we have a meet the team uh, jersey unveiling on Monday night. And so I hope all of you are going to try to get out to those. I know I'm going to be at every single one of those. Um, I had to miss last weekend's game, um, which killed me because I was out of town. And then I have to go out of town again next week, and I'm going to miss the Louisville game, which may be one of my favorite games of the year, not just my favorite preseason games. Um, that one would have been really cool to make it to. It's killing me that I have to miss it, but um, it is for a good reason. So um, you guys will have to keep me updated on, on how that is. I'm going to be watching Twitter real close. Um, but, you know, I was in Melbourne. And I got to watch the team play that game where they won 8-2 to two against uh, Southern Florida State College. And uh, so um, that was a great game to watch, a lot of fun. It was nice to see so many goals coming from St. Louis FC. I, don't know if I think that's the most they've ever scored in a game, whether it's preseason or not. Um, so that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, obviously, Austin Martz had a killer game. Um, Aiden Stanley had three assists. Um A lot of people had really good goals. A lot of um, set-piece or corner goals uh, from taking height advantage. So that's one thing to keep in mind as well, uh, that they weren't defending corners very well. But some were in in run of play, especially from Austin March. um, And he keeps scoring. I think the dude has five goals in three games. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Maybe Austin's kind of a big deal. It's preseason. It's hard to tell. And I I tend to not jump on preseason too hard. But then again, last year in preseason, we had trouble scoring and it never really went away. Um, And so maybe some aspects are a little more worthy of talking about than than I previously thought. So um, obviously, it'll be nice to see them play Louisville, actual USL competition. So I think that'll be the true measuring stick, and hopefully Louisville will come out for it, and St. Louis will throw the best they got at them. Um, and that'll be a fun game. Uh, again, it's killing me. I'm going to miss it. If there's a stream, I'm going to try to catch it. But if not, I'm going to be talking to every one of you guys about what they looked like and, and how they played and who stood out. So please do let me know those things if you, if you hear this. Um, I think that's all I was going to mention. So uh, I'm not going to talk anymore. Next, we have Tyler David talking about going to Finland tomorrow. Big deal. Thanks for listening.
Welcome to the show, and I have a very special guest. It's Tyler David, who uh, recently announced something that we're about to talk about. Uh, good morning, Tyler. How's it going? Morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Now, we talked about it. I work early, but I can get like interviews in before I leave, but most <laughs> I wasn't sure if uh, you'd be up for it. You said you're a morning person, so uh, what are you up to this morning? Um, just finishing up some packing. I'm actually headed out tomorrow. Mm. Um but yeah, I'm usually up at the crack of dawn every day. Just like to get the day started versus sleep through half the day. So nice. Do you, do you have a morning routine? Um, if I'm in a specific area, yes. When I'm back home, it's a little different. Um, I'm usually taking care of my dogs for my mom or um doing various other things for her. But it just depends, I guess. Nice. It's always good to get that brain working early in the morning. I'm I'm the opposite. I like to lay around for an hour and then do something, <laughs> which drives my <laughs> wife crazy. So uh, good for you for being better on that. That's why you're a pro athlete. Um, but let's move on to that. Uh, the reason we're talking today is you, you put out an announcement about uh, moving to Finland and you're leaving tomorrow morning. You're packing up this morning. Um, tell me about your decision to move to Finland and, and we'll go deep into this. Um, yeah, just so like I said, we'll go deep, uh, just on the general side of things, um, tried to stay in America, um, had various, uh, I don't know if I would say opportunities, had some different, uh, uh, I guess options is kind of the wrong word too, but had different looks from some teams, um, didn't pan out for whatever reason in the USL. Um, and so I was just kind of waiting around on my couch working out here and I just, you know, I was ready to make a move as you could imagine getting pretty antsy, just sitting at home for the last four months. Um, so I talked to, um, one of my mentors named Donnie Marks, who's always been a great help to me. And, uh, he got me in contact with somebody over overseas and, um, it, honestly the move was made and within a couple of days I was already basically decided I'm going, um, and had a bunch of connections over there. So, that's awesome. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned we talked a little about, you know, trying to work out a deal and dealing with your agent and just what's that like, like trying to get a team and just not getting any bites or dealing with the agent with the bites? Um, so going into the off season, um, this may have been partially my fault. Uh, partially I got unlucky, but I was pretty confident I was going to get a team, um, I was surprised to not even be able to go on trial with anybody. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, when you're not with my agent, it's, you know, we probably didn't communicate the best we could. And obviously I'm not directly, uh, talking to teams. He's talking to teams and then I'm basically living through him, what teams are saying. Um, so there's gotta be a little bit of a trust factor there. And for whatever reason, you know, the communication level was just a little off, um, which can happen from time to time. And uh, so it gets more frustrating on my end when I think I should have a spot somewhere um, and I don't. And so, I, you know, you just start antsier and antsier. So the biggest thing for me this whole off season was just trying to stay as patient as I could, because whether you get a contract the first day of the off season or the last day of off season or even into preseason and in the middle of the season, you still get a contract. You still have a job. So without a doubt, um, you know, and I think we talked about it, you know, it wouldn't be surprising if you did get some kind of a mid season 
shot, if not earlier, um, that happens with a, a big group of athletes and a big group of really talented athletes, some of whom St. Louis saw halfway through the season. But um, I don't know if, if you even want to answer this, but it's just something I've been wondering because you look at a lot of St. Louis FC players last year, many of them don't have jobs. If they didn't have a two-year contract, um, you know, a lot of them don't have jobs. Do you think that, you know, not to necessarily blame anyone else, but maybe do you think it's harder when you're on a team that, that didn't do too well the, the previous year um, to find uh, a job after? 100%. Um, you know, by no means do I want to, like, throw the club under the bus or anything like that, but club that has lost three years in a row either i mean you either blame the club or the players and i think from around the league the front office has a decent amount of respect from people what st louis is doing um and so more and more as the years go on um the the responsibility falls on the players in a lot of people's eyes um I think it's clear that that's not necessarily the case when you look at somebody like a Sam Fink mm-hmm. or a Jose Angulo or whoever else that moved on to other places and had a lot of success and were on successful teams. We've had winners within St. Louis FC, um, but when you continuously lose, and for someone like me who was a part of losing for two seasons in a row, it's a lot um, harder for other teams to look at you and see you fitting in their winning culture, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunately to see that. And it is interesting. It's obviously it's proof like what you just said to see think and Ngulo go away and, and find jobs immediately right after this. Cause they had success somewhere else. It's, you're kind of putting your faith in the club and in the coach when you sign. Is that something that you also kind of worried about this off season? Um, I'm usually just worried about having a job, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's definitely, and there's definitely people that you would rather play for, or people that you would um, rather associate yourself with, and clubs you'd rather associate yourself with. But at the end of the day, we all just want a job. Yeah. Um, for example, right when some people may think this is crazy, some people may not. Right when I saw that Precky had signed with Seattle, I called my agent right away and I said, you need to call Seattle. I have a pretty good relationship with him, whether it's Seattle one or Seattle two, I think that Precky would be willing to give me a shot. Um, I don't know if that call was ever made or if Mm. Precky was ever interested, but um, that was, that's somebody who I really did like working with and associated with. And so um, that was just an example of a relationship that I went after right away. That's crazy. And, you know, I don't know what it's like with players and, and agents either. Is it totally unacceptable for you just to call Precky if you had his information? I don't know if you even have his information. Um, I wouldn't say it's totally unacceptable. Um, I've had certain DMs and certain coaches' information. Mm-hmm. Um, and from time to time, I've felt I could reach out. Um but I think for the most part, the GMs and the coaches are probably a little more comfortable dealing with the agents. Um, it's just kind of probably a little bit going around your agent, um, especially if you have one who's been talking to that team or has talked to that team in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of just like there's a there's a there's a line to walk on there. Um, so for the most part, I tried to just 
I'll live through my agent and not contact teams, even at times I may have wanted to just to get a direct answer. Mm-hmm. Well, you did. You were able to use a contact to find a team in Finland. Tell me a, bit, a little bit about this team and, and what you're going to be doing with them. Um, so it's uh, the team's named Haka FC, H-A-K-A FC. Um, I'm not officially signed or anything like that. Um, they've seen me on video. I'm going over there as a center back um, only. Um, so I'll go in there, have a trial period, probably in Europe. It's, I think a little bit of a quicker process than the U S so it sounds like I won't really have much competition. It's just getting in training, maybe playing a match or two with his squad. And then within a week or so, they'll know whether I'm the player they're looking for or not. And if I'm not, then I'll move on. Um, there's a couple other Finnish and Swedish clubs that were interested. So I think if it doesn't work out with Haka, which I'm planning on it working out, if it doesn't, um, I'll definitely still have opportunity at a lower level. Um, Haka's in the first division right now, nice. which is technically the second league there. The, it goes Premier League, then first division. Okay. Um, so there, so that's actually the same league that uh, Jacob Bushu's in right now over there. Nice. So I've I've been in contact with him. Um, another option could be to go over to BK. Um, which was his team last year. Uh, so they have showed some interest, too. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of going over there blind, though, to be honest. Mm. Just going to a very long weekend of travel. Um, to, and I'm trying to get there a day early to prepare myself um, to start uh, two-a-day on Monday. Um, the team's already been together. They, the reason I'm going a little later is they had the past week off completely. Mm. Um, so headed over there kind of blind and just going to see what happens but whether it works out with that first team haka or go down to bk or even potentially a swedish team um i plan to definitely stay over there for the remainder of the season very nice now a few questions out of that are they in their preseason right now or are they going into the actual season yep they're in preseason still um very similar to the usl schedule uh so i think i believe it's right at the end of march as the actual season starts pretty much game a week um all the way uh into late september and then in europe obviously no playoffs or anything like that so end of, end of september is when the season ends yeah and i'm also curious do they fly you out or are you uh putting your money on the line here are you flying yourself there i was responsible for my ticket wow um plane ticket and that's it so they'll similar to usl um mm-hmm. when i get there they'll house me if i sign a contract they'll house me um, they're taking care of helping, uh, helping pick me up and everything like that. Um, but I'm responsible for the plane, taking everything else is taken care of. Very nice. Uh, that's something to keep in mind when we get these African or Jamaican players too. I mean, I guess these guys are covering their own tickets. That's, that's, uh... yeah, every, every club has a different, um, and some clubs even, uh, will, if you end up signing, they'll pay you back for what you paid to get over there. Wow. Um, so I'm not completely sure what the situation is. It sounds like there would be a chance if I signed that they would pay me back for it. Um, luckily, it wasn't too crazy expensive um, using a foreign airline. So, But yeah, that is something that uh, some players risk when they go overseas or go to a different country. All right, so if you talk to the coach, obviously uh, they want you. To, they want to see you at center back, um, which we talked about before, how you know, I think that would be really successful for you because you're so good going forward and you're obviously you're solid as a center back 
Um, you won't be playing uh, up top <laughs> this year. <laughs> um, but but yeah, tell me about your conversation with the team, whether it's the you know the GM style role or coach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're looking for a center back solely, um, specifically somebody big who's good in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I'll fit that category for them. Um, but yeah, un- unfortunately, most of my film, as you know, from St. Louis is in the midfield or up top. Um, so I think they were a little hesitant at first to pull the trigger and have me come just because, um, didn't think I was a center back. Um, mm-hmm. but I, we made it pretty clear to them that like, I'm, pr- I'm comfortable at center back. Um, played there all of college, played there a little bit last year in games, but quite a bit in practice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last two years. So, um, basically just made it clear that I'm willing to do whatever I need to do and that I just want a shot. And so, I mean, it can't really hurt them to bring somebody who they see has quality and on trial. Yeah, definitely. If you clip the the clips right, you dropped back in the back line a lot. So maybe you can just clip them right and tell them that was you at center back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they they see pretty quick that yeah I'm comfortable in the back as well. In that, I'm not too worried. Um, I got a couple of questions from Claude, and and they're much better than the ones I've been asking you so far. Um, first of all, I did want to say he he told me that um, you out of nowhere. You know, you, you announced that you were leaving and then you out of nowhere um, texted or messaged him somehow about his wife asking for a game day jersey a long time ago that he had totally forgotten about. And you were like, hey, I didn't forget this. I'm going to send one out. So I wanted to give everybody a glimpse of uh, the quality guy that we have in Tyler. And I think most people know that. And that's why everyone's following you so closely here. But um, I did want to ask or Claude wanted to ask that um, what was your proudest moment in a St. Louis jersey? Ooh, did he specify on or off the field? Yeah, man. I think on or off is great. Either? Or both. Let's do both. Of both. Okay, you're going to have to give me like 30 seconds here. <laughs> I'll tell you what um, my um, favorite thing was while you think, and I'll, I'll tell everyone what that is. And uh, There were a couple times throughout the season where it get really chippy in a game, and every time one of our players was getting hit a little too much and you were around – uh, you'd get up in their faces and let them know that's not okay. I, I remember in FC Cincinnati early in the last season uh, was my favorite one. I can't remember who they took out more than once. I feel like maybe it was AJ, and you you were, you'd had enough. And you got in the guy's face and let him know it wasn't okay. I, I, I always liked seeing that. Um, so that was mine. Do you remember which game that was actually? Yeah, that was, so that was the one where we got smacked four zero right at the yep. start of the year. Yeah, so maybe there was um, I know frustration. Matt Sheldon <laughs> took one really hard. Um, took a hit really hard in the corner, mm-hmm. and I actually got a yellow card. Um, yeah, Precky wasn't too happy with me when I used to do stuff like that. But <laughs> um, why I is figured it, why is that? Is that um, frowned upon um, in soccer? Just, I think he just kind of saw them as stupid yellow cards. Um, I would argue there was other people on our team that got stupider yellow cards, but that's, um, that's an argument for a different day. Yeah. Um, but and I, it's not like I was getting yellow cards all the time. I right. only had a couple all last season. Um, yeah, no, I just that's just something I've always prided myself on is you know being there for your teammates and stuff like that. So being a bigger guy on the team too, especially mm-hmm. um, and having a pretty good relationship with referees in general. Nice. Um, I always feel the need to maybe step up if. 
if the opportunity presents itself. <laughs> it was nice to see you standing up for the guys. Um, so have you thought of maybe a proudest moment on and off the field? So uh, we'll see if you, if you think this counts. <laughs> um, this is a, this is a crazy stat kind of like about just um, the team last year in general. Um, well, here's, I'll give you a couple and you, and you can pick which one's the coolest. <laughs> um, 50 appearances for St. Louis FC in two years. Um, only a couple people have done that. I mean, only a couple people have stayed for a couple of years, I suppose, but that was pretty cool to, for my last game to be my 50th appearance. Wow. Um, another one would be as a 23 year old to wear the captain armband for the team. Um, that is not something that I really thought I would be doing in my second year of career. Granted, we had injuries, we had other captains, but just to be able to wear the armband in multiple games um, was something that I took a lot of pride in. Um, and then the last thing, or last season, um, this is a really random one that only myself or probably my mom would know. Um, I was the only player to be dressed in the 18 in every single game last year, open cup and regular season games included. Wow. That, that uh, is a crazy thing. I didn't, didn't know that. Yeah. And most people wouldn't. Um, but the, I think that just shows, um, I guess just toughness and consistency and being able to battle it out week in and week out and stay injury free and all that stuff and prove yourself every week. Um, that was just something that I thought was pretty cool. Without a doubt. And then there was a stat for SLU, too. Didn't you have, like, the most successful minutes or something for SLU? Yeah, uh, I think I probably played the most minutes in SLU's history. Um, wow. Considering, I, yeah, I think I started 69 of 73 games, and the hmm. three, one of them I missed from a concussion, and then the other three I was coming back from the concussion. So I didn't start, but I played. Um so yeah, I played sixty nine essentially full ninety minute games for Slu. So I <laughs> I don't know the math in my head right now, but quite a bit of minutes. Um, but yeah, I think there was a couple things with minutes and wins um, that happened for me at Slu too. So crazy! That's that's really great stuff. And uh, the captain's armband. Um, I think no one's surprised at that either. Um, is there anything that you're going to miss about St. Louis, the city itself? What, were there a couple things that were your favorite things in St. Louis? Oh, St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis. Um, I mean, that city was basically like home for the last five years. Um, so obviously there's a bunch of people I'm close to there, whether it's SLU, people at SLU, people in the community. Um, coaching was a big part of that. Was That would be my off the field. Hmm. Um, proudest moment is just seeing how much the kids developed over the years, coaching them day in and day out. Um so I'll definitely miss coaching. I've already talked to um, Ken Godat, Ren Herzog, Chris Gomez about um, all that stuff. And that, you know, that was a big part of my life. So that's unfortunate that that has to end at least for now. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of people I got really, um, you know, the city itself. Um, I don't think there's anything in specific that I'm going to miss other than going out on Saturday nights at soccer park. Um, that's probably one of the coolest experiences playing at home there. So other than that though, nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I'll be back not to live, but to visit for sure. Yeah. Um, how about your hometown, Minnesota? What are you going to miss about there? 
kind of the same thing. You know, it's the relationships you have with people. You know, it's nice to be home with family um, and friends. Um, I hate the cold weather, so I'm ready to get out here, except Finland's colder, so probably <laughs> the wrong spot to go. Um, so, yeah, I'll miss the people here. You know, I'll miss um, – I do a lot of coaching here as well, so the kids, um, being able just to, you know, hang out and see people. But I've been sitting on my couch much too long. Um, my dog's messing around with me right now, so I'll miss my dogs too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but other than that, I'm definitely ready to get moving again. Right on. Um, one one last bigger question um, before we sign off. But um, Claude also asked, you know, when, when the NFL thing started happening with the kneeling during the national anthem, uh, you made a, a comment on Twitter about it. And um, so he was asking about an athlete's duty to use the profile to affect social change. Um, obviously, you made a statement there. So is that something you feel strongly about as far as uh, using your, your profile to affect social change? Um, I, Strongly might be the wrong word, but I just feel like um, athletes are in a position where um, you can affect so many people in so many different ways. Um, and going on like a sports field is a way for a lot of people to get away from their real life struggles or going to watch a sports game is, um, and especially to nowadays with social media and stuff. Um, it's just so prevalent for athletes to be able to influence social change and social justice. And, um, the whole kneeling thing, you know, that's something probably a little closer to me than a lot of our fans in St. Louis and stuff like that. Um, strictly based off of race. Um, and so that's just something I've grown up always kind of, that's always surrounded myself. Um, and so I just felt the need just to put my opinion out there. And if people didn't like it or did like it, I just, just even starting the conversation, um, Mm -hmm. is a big step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned that you've had to deal with it in the past, and and you live in Minnesota, which is almost like shocking to me. Um, is that something you'd like to talk about now, shortly, or would you just kind of like to move on? Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an open book. I'm, I'll talk about it. Um, no, yeah, you just, you know, you just, it's not, it's not nothing like I've been like beaten or anything like that by, no. <laughs> but like, um, no, I grew up with my mom, and my mom's white. I grew up in a white neighborhood. Um, even stupid little comments from kids that don't even know what they're talking about. That's just something I dealt with always growing up, Mm. um, on the sports field. I played on a strictly African, African American, uh, club soccer team. Mm. Um, a lot of people were immigrants from Africa, um, stuff like that. And some of the things that parents would say to another team, um, and stuff like that as young as 13 were stuff you just wouldn't expect to hear, I guess. But then growing up you kind of start understanding more and more um about the world um as far as so the first reason that people knelt was for for that Kaepernick knelt at least was for police brutality I believe yeah um so in my time in St. Louis actually uh once in downtown St. Louis once actually um driving through Missouri um when I was 19 I had two pretty uh two pretty interesting incidents with police officers um where i was discriminated against uh 
specifically when I was 19, um, I was right around Columbia, Missouri, and I got stopped. Um, I had driven to Kansas City. Uh, just to make a long story short, driven to Kansas City, dropped off my cousin at her soccer tournament, and was visiting St. Louis because I was living there now, and I was just going down to fix my apartment for the weekend or whatever. And then I was going to drive back. Um, got stopped going 75 in a 70. Um, cop ended up taking me in the back of his car and questioning me for 25 minutes. Um, then ended up searching my car, searching me, asking me if I had bombs, weapons. Um, I had a duffel bag with a little bit of clothes in it. <laughs> and so I, I got stopped 45 minutes going 75 in a 70 and literally was in tears thinking I was going to die. Um, so that's just another, that's, was specifically an instance that really hit home, especially when Kaepernick first kneeled um, for the anthem. So crazy, and I still think that's shocking. Just any comment, and alone, is 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 a bit shocking to me in general. But much less all the other things. So um, I just wanted, you know, it's not on topic. It's not right now. Uh, but I did regret not talking to you about that when you did release it. So. Thanks for touching on that. Um, obviously, maybe we can keep the conversation going because it, it, it does need to be talked about still. But, um, you know, wrapping up, you're, you're leaving tomorrow. Um, got a couple flights. How long is your flight? So I'm headed to JFK in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll just run, run you through my schedule real quick for the weekend. Um, tomorrow, take, take off from Minneapolis at 7.30. Get into JFK at uh, around 10. Um I don't leave to Finland to, uh, until uh, ten thirty at night. Um, luckily, my dad and my aunt live across the street from JFK, mm, nice. Um, so I'll probably just go spend the day with them. Haven't seen them um, in a while since we played Red Bulls, actually. Mm. Um, so I'll probably go spend the day with them. Head to the airport. Um, so I take off at ten thirty. Uh, the flight first goes to Oslo, Norway which is about nine or 10 hours, I believe. I think nine something. Um, so, and then we lose nine hours going over to Finland. <laughs> so there's 18 hours right off the bat. So technically I get there on March 3rd. Um, then I have a four hour layover there. Um, uh, my next flight goes into Helsinki, which, um, is about an hour and a half away from, the city I'll be playing in. So I fly into Helsinki, then I have to take a bus or a train. I haven't bought my ticket or decided which I'm going to do. I think I'm going to take a bus from Helsinki to um, the town. It's called, oh my gosh, it starts with a V. It's hard for me to pronounce. <laughs> I think it's Valkakoff. I want to say Valkakoff is the town I'm playing in. I may be a little bit off. I'm not looking at the name in front of me right now, but I'll take a bus there. I'll get there the afternoon-ish of March 3rd, get picked up by the staff, um, go to an apartment, and then March 4th, I have the day to relax, and we start training March 5th, I believe. Nice. Is Parker still over there? I thought I saw he was back over there. Parker Mar? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Right on. I'll look into that because I actually want to know for myself anyway. But um, you ready for two days? I mean, you're going to jump into that in cold weather. How's that feeling? I'm, you know, I've tried quite a bit to keep myself physically ready. Um, there was a part of the decision process was whether I was going to go over right away two weeks ago, like buy a flight for the next day or wait two weeks and uh, go go for this club um and part of my and my decision making process was giving myself two more weeks to prepare 
Um, this week has been a little more hectic. I haven't worked out as much just as far as logistics is concerned and moving my whole life overseas. Um, but I'm not too worried about the physical part. You know, I, I, I've been playing all winter. Um, and at the end of the day, I'll just, if I have to gut through it a little bit, I have to gut through it. That's part of being an athlete. So, yep. I mean, it, it should be tough, but I'm not overly concerned either. <laughs> right on. Uh, me either, honestly. Are you – anything you wanted to say before we go? I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, no, nah, that's the top of my head. Um, you know, I've already said it enough how much I appreciate St. Louis and everything that the city meant to me. Um, definitely would have been happy to come back. Uh, didn't work out that way, unfortunately, but – I'll definitely be back as a fan in the fall. Um, and yeah, I just appreciate everything about the city. Appreciate um, everything that you guys did for me. Yeah. Well, we're going to miss seeing you, Tyler, and I know we're going to follow you. I want to tell everyone that uh, that team, Haka, is on Fop Mob, So you can follow that. They even list the uh, lineups, which they didn't do for USL. So um, we'll be able to see where you're playing, you know, and how often you're playing. And I know I'll be looking every single week. Um, to see if that happened and uh, we wish you all the best Tyler Um, I love that you said uh, you asked me best moment on or off the field um, and that just goes to show um, that you know you know I I saw when you did that that goodbye tweet Um, a lot of that was pictures with fans and and kids that you're coaching so um, we're gonna miss you here in St. Louis and again we, we wish you all the best man thanks I appreciate it I'm sitting here with Jack Mayer. I say that right, Jack Mayer. Yes. For a good six months, I said Mar because of Parker Mar, of course. And I think I'm not the only one, but it is Jack Mayer, Aiden Stanley. I know how to pronounce your name because it's your third year playing with the team as an academy signing. So, um, guys, thank you for for joining me today outside the Hilton. It looks like in, in Melbourne. So put you up in a pretty decent place. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful here. Thank goodness we're not in St. Louis right now. Um, Let's talk about, first let's talk about um, what it's been like for both of you, because you both got to experience Preki, of course, and now you've been with uh, Poulos, so let's talk a little bit about the difference in that. Jack, let's start with you. Both of them, first off, were great coaches. They both know a bunch about the game, and I'm really fortunate to be able to learn from They're two totally different styles of coaching and luckily I'm able to learn from both sides now and so Preki was very demanding got on for every little detail and stuff like that and that that's his way and it really benefited me and my development because I was able to really find the nitpicky things that sometimes I just take, took for granted uh, Anthony has been fantastic so far. Everything from uh, motivating the guys to bringing in. He also has the small detail that is needed from a coach at this level. And he's been able to teach me a bunch about what I what I'm already good at and what I need to get better at. So that's awesome. 
It's a nice mix. Uh, and I saw you were training at center back this year. You got to play a little bit of right back last year. Yes. So you're playing uh, where you belong pretty much, it sounds like. Preferred yeah. position? Preferred position is the center back. Very nice. Well, there's a similar topic for you, Aiden, because I think I'm kind of curious. We'll talk a little more later about this, but you'll play with as center back with the national team. Yeah. And uh, you play left back a lot for St. Louis and the yeah. academy. So what's your preferred position? Uh... That's the hardest question that coaches and people around me can ask because I honestly don't know. I guess it, I guess it just comes down to playing time. I guess you could say it's wherever the coach needs me, wants me, or wherever the team needs me for that game. It's whatever I can do to help the team win or maybe give more support on the wings. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like I can do both, and it just comes down to the coaches wanting. I guess you could say. Makes sense. It's a it's a qual it's a good quality to be able to play multiple positions. So, um, you know, Jack, maybe that that right back uh, experience will come in handy someday as well. You never know. Um, tell me about what it's been like in Florida. You got a couple training sessions in before you came down here, but how's it been training down here in Florida and getting to know the team? Uh, so far, it's been amazing. Uh, first off, the weather you can't beat mm -hmm. seventy five and sunny versus. 20 cloudy rainy snowy who knows yeah. with st louis but uh other than that it's been amazing getting to know the guys getting to grind with the guys we're sweating blood tears out here so <laughs> we uh we're coming we're really coming together uh we've done a lot of fitness and you can't really get past that without the support of the other guys always helping you mentally physically cheering you on uh it's been great i feel like we're really coming together as a team so far yeah, it's good. Jack, are you uh, carrying the balls every time we go somewhere? You guys, yeah. you guys rooming together, all three of you guys? Uh, no, just me and Jack. Okay, very nice. Um, so yeah, has it been interesting being a rookie? Pretty much, kind of a rookie. Yeah, no, it's been a. Yeah, I'm sort of used to it now. My second year, <laughs> so sort of everything um, that they need, I try and help out the older guys mm. and do whatever I can. But no. All the guys have been great about it. They don't have any problems that anything that I really need to help with. So it's the little things like uh, giving them water, carrying balls and stuff like that. It's it's small, but you're up for it. it yeah, sounds I'm like good. no big deal. You're just happy to be here. Yeah. Um, what's it been like? Obviously, your second year, but I'm kind of curious. Has it been a huge jump going from the academy, Jack, to uh, playing with, with grown men like this? It's been a pretty big jump, but I think that um, our academy system is unbelievable. And without them and the coaching staff that we have uh, together there, I don't think that. I think for a lot of other people, it would be very difficult, and some couldn't do it. But because of our academy system and how strong we are with our coaching staff and the other guys that we have within it, I think it's. Um, only prepared me as best as I could. Yeah, and you know, last year we had a couple uh, dribbly guys. Um, we talk about learning from Kevin Kalish a lot. Is there someone in the academy that's helped you both the most up to this point? Uh, yeah. Uh, all the coaching staff has really helped me, but Kevin Kalish has probably helped me one of the most just because I have been with him for probably 10 plus years, honestly, mm -hmm. going wow. from starting with Gallagher and then Going through the Arsenal program, up through the academy, he's always been by my side. Always been a mentor, a coach, a friend. Is that the same for you, Jack? For me, uh, 
I come from like the metro side, so the Illinois side, and where Blake has been, Blake Decker has been just the total package, a role model, someone that I can always look up to, someone that knows so much about the game that I can constantly uh, gather and get information from him, and just one of those almost father figures that you can really look up to and be like, wow, just thanks for all the help and thanks for getting me to where I am. It's one of those, one of those guys. That's awesome. Uh, I've been dying to talk to you guys for months now about your experience at the Youth Summit. Um, you were two of, what, 150-something kids, something like yeah. that. Uh, if I saw correctly, you were both training with the under-20s. Yep. Yes. Um, how did it go for you? Uh, let's start with Aiden. Uh, it, was, it was an amazing experience. Uh, the ho- they basically transformed the hotel into like a national team place. It was crazy. <laughs> the elevator doors had... One Nation, One Team with the crest on it. There's posters everywhere just reminding you that why you're here, the team you play for, the country you play for. It was it was really cool to see everyone come together. Uh, normally it's just one team by itself, and this time you could see uh, kids from the 15s, kids from the 17s, the 19s and up. It was, it was, really, it was really cool to uh, kind of meet and just be around these guys because they're all held to the highest standard and honestly it was pretty cool to be a role model I guess you could say because we were the oldest team there the the top tier I guess you could say and you could sort of feel that people would all you know when you're a young kid and you see the older guys you're always staring at them and all like (laughs) holy cow these guys are uh, in our in our presence right now and it felt really good to be in that be in those guys shoes just to have others look up to you and stuff. And you remember, you know, wanting to talk to those guys or have yeah. how you wanted them to be, uh, treat you. And so yeah. it's kind of cool to kind of return yeah. that. Um, uh, I got to see a few videos and it seemed like they were putting, at least the videos I saw, seemed to be putting a lot of emphasis on the culture and like how to be a good yeah. pro and, yeah. and how to come up through that. So uh, Jack, can you tell us a little bit more about what they were kind of preaching to you guys while you were there? Yeah, so the biggest part of the summit, I think, from a coaching staff and whole organization-wise is the, they had this one meeting, everybody came together, and every single team, every single player, everyone on staff, we came together, we talked about social media, um, expectations for us moving forward. You are a national team player, how do you handle yourself? And also, they kept reassuring that, there is a process, and if we keep following it, we will end up in the national team long-term and will hopefully uh, get to the World Cup for many, many years to come. Yeah, and I imagine they, they covered that whole situation, right? So yeah. so what were they saying about that, Aiden? Uh, they they kind of assured it to us that, yeah, it was a big letdown, but it was also kind of a restart, mm-hmm. a restart button. Uh, the full national team always comes from our youth and from the 15s up to the 20s, up to the 23s and, and forward. It, that's where it starts. It's where that base is. And uh, They showed us a couple faces of guys that went through the youth national team, Yedlin, Josh Sargent, uh, Pulisic, and all the guys that people look up to. And they kind of assured us that, you know, if you follow the process, as Jack said, you can be one of those one of those guys up there that everyone looks up to. And they kind of showed us that the World Cup is possible for us. It's it's 
not in our, it's definitely in our, uh, it's in our pocket, and we can definitely uh, find it and go to it and possibly even uh, excel in it just because the, the pathway we have nowadays as players is uh, finally getting uh, paid. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, I watched the U-20 World Cup and the U-17 World Cup, and uh, something I noticed was they were playing fullbacks at center back pretty much. Yeah. And even Jalen Lindsay, who's been a fullback his whole life, it seems like, uh, did a good job at center back. But, you know, I was a little worried for the team in that case. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, St. Louis is two great center backs I'd yeah. love to see playing. And so um, who's your major competition there um, at the U-20 level now? Um, right now, we have Angel Uribe, who is playing first division in Mexico. We also have uh, Mark McKenzie, who is, just left Wake Forest and got signed um, for the union. And oh, that's right. And he played with the Steel last year, I yes, think. Yes, he did. And so, always getting minutes and time like that. It's, he's a very good player and someone that, I mean... It's very good to have competition, especially at this level. You continually pushing everyone that's right next to you, um, and it comes from the coaching staff down. Everyone knows that it's a grind whenever you come into camp. Mm. There's never an easy camp. There's never an easy day at camp. Um, it's tasking physically and mentally just to be the best and get into the starting level. Yeah, how long was camp? Ten days. Yeah. Oh, it was ten days. Yeah. You guys, it felt like you guys were there for a long time. Yeah. So it was, every team left besides ours. We stayed there for. That's two what days it was. Extra, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, so cleared out, cleared house, and we were still stuck there. <laughs> no one to hang with except no yourselves, each other. Yep. Um, the women's teams, they're the girls' youth teams are down there, right? As well. Uh, I, I think so. so yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, but you didn't see them. Mm-hmm. No, That's I never got a chance. Too bad for you guys, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. Um, well, what do you see happening? Oh, no, I want to talk about Aiden. You are a Duke commit, right? Yeah. And so I, didn't, I definitely wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, so are you only with the team for a few months here before you? Uh, yeah, so I'll be with them uh, up until July or August. I don't really know when I leave or mm-hmm. when preseason starts and stuff. So, yeah, I'll be with the team fully, possibly playing games, practicing every day up until that time. Very cool. You'll like you know. I keep hitting on this, but you know, not many kids are going into a college system with you know three three years of, of academy yeah. USL play under yeah. their belt. So that's a that's a huge help. Was it tempting to just go pro? Uh, yeah. It had to be at least a little yeah. bit, right? Yeah, I always I thought about it, but in this in this like I guess you could say society. <laughs> Wall's, Wall's getting on our case over here. <laughs> um, I think I think an education and everything is always a good backup plan, I guess you could say. Because, cool. yes, soccer is my life. It's my passion. But, you know, there's always, there's always injuries that could happen. There's always someone could be better than you, is better than you in mm-hmm. another country. So, I mean, it's always good to have a backup plan, I feel like. Without a doubt. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Someone's in a hurry over here. So uh, (laughs) thanks, guys, for talking to me, and uh, good luck this season.
I'd like to thank the beautiful Game Network for uh, making all of this possible. Thanks to Mike Sparks, especially. And again, I'd like to say thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And if you have a scarf, it's probably from there (laughs) anyway. But um, yeah, definitely check out their website and take a look at uh, all the options they have out there. Even a lot of podcasts and supporter groups around the country have scarves on there still. So uh, do check that out Um, and do check out our other shows. Um, You know, the Beautiful Game Network covers like I bet we're getting close to half the teams in USL. So uh, check out the two new ones are down down in the valley, I think is what it's called for uh, Rio Grande Valley and off pitch for uh, Oklahoma City Energy. Uh, and I'm on the USL show. I just got a, had a great interview with Jake Edwards, and I have uh, an interview coming with uh, Christopher Madden. Of uh, He's a co-director of the PDL. And um, just a lot of good information about a lot of different things. Uh, we don't go too in-depth about everything, but we do cover a ton of topics. So uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to the USL show. It's a new feed. So if you haven't been getting it and you used to subscribe to it, that's because there's a new feed. So do look it up or message me if you'd like to uh, get that link directly. Um, and message me if you have any questions, things you want to talk about on the show. You're welcome to come on the show if you'd like. Um, things, Players you'd like me to talk to. Um, different people you'd like me to interview, just please let me know. I'd love to do anything you like. That's what I'm here for. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. We have lots more interviews coming. Bye.